0: Turn now to the Gospel of John and chapter 15, and we can read at verse 26. John 15 and verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And so on down to verse 4 of the following chapter. We continue to look at these passages, uh, in these chapters where Jesus is is speaking to the disciples in the upper room uh, on his way to the cross. uh, uh, Speaking to them these final words of farewell discourse. Uh, And of course he has announced to them that he is going to leave them and that he is going to leave them by the way of suffering and by the way, of the cross. And because he has told them that he is leaving them, we can see, for example, at the beginning of chapter 14, that their hearts are really troubled. They are distressed because he is leaving them. And in order to relieve their distress, in order to comfort them, he is promising them that he will send the Holy Spirit as the helper who is going to support them in on in his absence and uh, so far we have seen the way in which the Holy Spirit is going to be the other helper like himself in chapter 14 and verse 15 we have seen the way in which the Holy Spirit is the teacher in chapter 14 and verse 25 when it come to this passage things change, the focus changes It's no longer about what's going to happen to them in his absence. It now becomes about what's going to happen to his work in the world when he is not there. In other words, he is drawing their attention to the fact that they will have a role to play when he is left. We already saw in chapter 14 that they are going to do greater works than he has done. And he has been with them and he has taught them and instructed them, and he is going to leave the world. What is going to happen to his ministry, to his work, and to the work of the gospel? And it's a significant, significant, great, and helpful new focus because our salvation is not just about as being saved and being the children of God. Our salvation is also so much about how we share that salvation and how we serve the Lord in this world. And so we come to this passage and we see from verse 18 onwards, we see the way in which Jesus puts the message in its context. We see the way in which it speaks about what's happening to him as he speaks the words of God in the world. And from that context, he wants them to see that there is a real continuity in the work because of what they are going to be doing. And tonight you want to look at these verses that speak to us of the Helper and to think of the Holy Spirit and the witness of the gospel. Want to think first of all and see that we have a procession. Processions are a wonderful thing. We see royal processions, we see regal processions in different ways, and they are something that grasps the attention. We see royal groups coming in procession, they come in their own order. We see the queen, and we We see those who are around her, and so there is a procession where people come in their order, and it is a glorious procession. And here we we are our attention is drawn to a particular procession involved in the work of the Lord Jesus and the work of the people of God, which draws attention to the fact that we have a procession which includes three different persons and these three different persons working together in everything that they are doing in the kingdom of God and carrying out their own distinct duties in that procession and in that work and each one following the order of the kingdom so that the plan for the kingdom is put in place so that each stage is completed and finished and so that each person steps in at each stage of the kingdom. And when Jesus says to the disciples in verse 26, when the helper comes, he introduces us to the picture of the procession that we have when the Spirit of God comes into the world. And we remind ourselves that the Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit that brings life, that gives life, that apart from him, there is no salvation in Christ because the Spirit came to him. That apart from him, there is no salvation for ourselves. We need the new life that the passion of the Holy Spirit brings to us. Uh, And as we go on to think of the procession, we need to constantly correct ourselves so that we don't think of the Holy Spirit as a power that we switch on, the way we switch on our electricity, that the Holy Spirit is a person who is a powerful person, who has a personal ministry in the same way that Jesus had a personal ministry, and that that personal ministry, invisible, invisible as it is, it is powerfully personal. And so Jesus said to them, when the helper comes, in other words, reminding them of where they're at. He is going away, and then the Holy Spirit is going to come. And we've already seen that when that happens, there's a conversation, there's a transaction. And Jesus said, promised them that if they love him and keep his commandments, that he will ask the Father, and the Father will give to them the Helper. The helper of the same kind as myself. There's a transaction between persons. They are the living three persons of the Godhead. And here is the transaction in a conversation. It's not just stage managed, it's stages which come to an end. And when when I see and understand Jesus, the Son of God, going into the glory of heaven and asking God for the gift of the Holy Spirit I realize that the Son of God, the Lord Jesus that he has completed his work and that he has done it so well that he has the right to ask for the Holy Spirit because that's what God promised to him. So stage one is complete and the scene is set for stage number two. And so, as we have seen in chapter 14 again, verse 26, God sends, the Father sends the Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. He comes with his authority, he comes with his power, and he comes bearing, carrying with them everything that Jesus secured in the cross and in the resurrection, in the name of Christ not just reputation, not just authority, but carrying with him everything, the resources, the inheritance, everything that the Son of God has secured when the Spirit arrives. And then he goes into this marvelous procession. Whom I will send you from the Father. It is the distinct way in which the plan of redemption is worked out by God, the God who sends his Son into the world in this unique and peculiar way that he is sent on a mission into this world and comes into the world with the authority of God, with the mission of God, and with a sense of carrying the honour of the kingdom of God and of the glory of God here into this world. And here the Son now is sending the spirit in the same way the same order with the same mission for the same purpose to, to bring the work of God's kingdom to the next stage. And it's not quite the same as, as Aurelia where we pass the baton but really the son has finished his work as far as the kingdom and the world is concerned and he hands over the ongoing work of the kingdom to the Holy Spirit whom he sends into the world in the same way as the father sent himself and then Jesus says the helper who proceeds from Father takes us back to to the God who is our Father and who cares for His children, and in this marvelous transaction, the Holy Spirit comes from beside the Father. Jesus Himself came from beside the Father when He came, and from beside the same Father, from the same place comes the Holy Spirit the helper the one who's going to uphold, the one who's going to teach the helper of the same kind as Jesus he comes from beside the father and then he proceeds from the father he goes out from the father as we, as we open the palace gates, as the heart of God, and from the, out from the palace gates emerges the Holy Spirit from God, who is going to come down, yes, at, on the unique event of Acts chapter 2, who's going to come down and to begin this work that leaves us here together tonight, worshipping God. That the Holy Spirit proceeds from the throne room of God. And Jesus Himself in John chapter 7 at verse 37 and 38 speaks of the way in which those who are thirsty if they come to Him and drink. Because out of His heart will flow rivers of living water. And it's uh, the Spirit of God coming forth from God through the Son into the world like a river that brings life. And we can read Ezekiel 47, and we can read Zechariah chapter 14, and we can see these images of the river flowing from the temple of God out to transform the surroundings. And we read in Revelation chapter 22 that there we have the river of life, or the river of the water of life, flowing from the throne of God. The Spirit of God proceeding from God himself, from God the Father. The request of the Son, sent by the Son, in the same way as the Father sent himself. And then the kingdom is set for its final stages just like in any other teamwork in any way dishonoring what God is doing in any kind of teamwork where, where three are working together there is the master plan and at each stage of that master plan each person has that distinctive role and in some ways the son of God takes a step back from the scene of time and goes into the throne room of heaven and so that the Holy Spirit emerges to take his place as the helper of the same kind, the procession. We worship God tonight because of who he is as three persons, because of what they have agreed and planned to do as three persons and we worship him tonight because of the personal and power of the passion of the Holy Spirit of God, which we, whom we believe is here now as we seek to honor him in the worship of God, that he is here carrying out his ministry, and fulfilling the mission of God in building his church. The procession. Secondly, we have a proclamation. And when this helper comes, we see that he is again described by the Lord Jesus as the spirit of of truth. He is the source of truth. He is the possessor of truth. And we want to understand what is the significance of him being the spirit of truth. And when we explore what it means to be the spirit of truth, we hear the words of the Lord Jesus You search the scriptures, he says in chapter 5, verse 59, for then you think you have eternal life. And then he goes on speaking to his disciples and those around him in chapter 8 and verse 32, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The words of Jesus Equal the truth, and the truth equals the words of Jesus. I am a man who, who told you the truth in that same chapter at verse 40, the words which I heard from God. So, so we, we, are, we are back into being reminded of the way in which there are the words of God which He has given to His Son to be the truth which He speaks. To those who are around him, and he comes in in John 17 to to pray for his disciples, and he says to God, "Praise to God, sanctify them through Your Word. Your Word is truth. I have given them the words which You have given me, and they have come. They have received them and come to know the truth." The truth is nothing less and nothing more than the words of the Lord Jesus who says to his disciples in chapter 14 I am the way and the truth and the life. He is the helper who is the spirit of truth. And he is the spirit of truth so that he is equipped for the work in which he is to be engaged. If the Spirit has no words, and if the Spirit has no truth, then there is no gospel, there is no church, there is no people of God. The Spirit has the words of God, has the truth of God. He is the Spirit, as we referred to last week in First Corinthians two, searches the deep things of God. He teaches the disciples everything about God. He possesses the words and the truth of God. Why is that? It is because the Spirit is going to continue the work that the Son has begun. He is going to take over the proclamation of the gospel. In verse 26, he will bear witness about me. He is going to stand in the public square and he is going to speak the words of truth. And he is going to do what Jesus was doing in verses 18 to 25. He is going to ensure that people know the truth and know their guilt and know their sin that's what Jesus was doing if I had not done among them the works that no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen and hated both me and my father but the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled they hated me without a cause he was engaged with the world he was engaged in proclaiming the news of the kingdom the truth of God. And now into that same context, the Holy Spirit is going to come and to bear witness. And the witness is going to be, going to have a singular focus. He is going to bear witness about me. There's no one else that matters In the public square, where the Spirit is going to uh, carry out this witness. There's no one else that matters but the Son of God and, and all that He has done and all that He has spoken. And the Spirit is in the world to defend Him, to speak His words in every generation. The Spirit of truth. Why is He the Spirit of truth? Because that is what He uses in His ministry nothing less and nothing more than the word of God. And when the Spirit does that, the Spirit is carrying on in the line that was begun by John the Baptist. The John the Baptist who bore witness to the truth. The John the Baptist who bore witness to Jesus who was a burning and a shining light. Whose Work was continued by the Father himself, who we read time after time. The works that the Father has given to me bear witness about me. There is another that bears witness, even my Father who has sent me. There's a long line, or at least a line of of two predecessors, as far as the the witness of Jesus is concerned. There is John the Baptist, there is the Father and now in the absence of Jesus there is the ministry, the witness of the Holy Spirit. So that the gospel witness is preserved forever in the world by the Spirit of God. And no one can ever drown it or destroy it. It continues in every generation It is imperishable. It is indestructible. And right down from all the generations of, of the church since the coming of the Spirit on that great day in Acts 2, I will build my church, says Jesus, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The word of God is sharp and powerful. The word that the Spirit of God speaks the witness of the Lord Jesus the proclamation the certainty, the witness and the way in which the spirit of God works and does so with the word always with the word never without the word and whatever we might think or be, or be asked to believe with regard to the proclamation of the Spirit of God in the stage of kingdom history and the building of the Church of Christ, the Spirit of God works with the words of God and the truth of God always. And if I hear something that says to me that the Spirit of God works without the word of God, then the alarm bells are ringing because that is not what Jesus said. He is the spirit of truth who possesses truth, who is the source of truth and who speaks the truth. And when you and I come to believe in the Son of God, it is because his word is sharp and powerful. We are born again, says Peter, by the living and abiding word of God. We are born again, says Jesus, by the spirit of God. And we put them together. And that's the way in which the spirit works. And that's the only way in which the spirit works. There is a proclamation. and What a blessing for us tonight if we heard the words of God and the truth of God because the Holy Spirit of God because he is here and because he is the one who is speaking and speaking into our very hearts the witness bearing witness about me says says Jesus concerning me and concerning no one else and using my words and using nothing else proclamation they surely will rejoice in hearing that the helper is coming to carry on the work that Jesus had started the proclamation but the stunning thing perhaps in the passage is our third point and that is the participation. They are not going to be bystanders and onlookers. They are not going to be spectators of the work of the Holy Spirit. They are going to be involved in everything that God is doing. In verse number 27, you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. The witness, of course, has to have first hand knowledge of what is going to be testified. And Jesus, on the basis that you have been with me from the beginning, on the basis that you, you left your your nets and your fishing boats and your families and you left all and followed me on that basis, you have heard my words from the very beginning. From the moment that I called you and you came from then until now, you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry, from the beginning of my words. And because of that, you also will bear witness. And Isaiah, in prophesying in Isaiah chapter 43, prophesied of this very rule for the people of God when God said you are my witnesses declares the Lord my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and and believe me and understand that I am he. It's the witness that sent out by by the son of God the kingdom of God who knows God and who understands God and who understands the word of God and goes out with the same words as the spirit of god you are my witnesses you also will bear witness and so we have a sense of their role and a sense of the importance of our role also we are here hear the words of God we are here to become the children of God by the power of the Spirit of God and we are here for the purpose of joining with the Holy Spirit of God in the witness to the words and the truths of the Lord Jesus we are to bear into the public square into our communities wherever. God sings us in our occupations, in our families, in our communities. We are to bear the words of Jesus and speak the words of Jesus. We are silent if we have no words. But God gives us the words that we are going to speak. And God gives us the, the very words through which we will be able to say the things That God has sent us so to do. That's what Jesus himself said to the disciples in chapter 10 in the Gospel of Matthew. It is not you who speak. The Spirit of your Father speaketh through you. The Spirit will teach you in every hour what to say. There is participation. And remarkably, we are co workers With the Holy Spirit of God. What an honour. Here is another procession. The church going through the world. You and I as the people of God in it. Marching along through the world. Co-workers with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit may work without you and without me in the extension of the kingdom of God. But you and I can never work without the helper, without the Holy Spirit. And it's it's that sense of being sensitive. If I'm a co-worker with anyone, I need to be on the same page. I need to be in harmony with that person. I need to live in such a way as to, to cooperate and to work alongside with So that nothing will get in the way of serving with my co-worker. You also will bear witness. And here is where silence is not golden. Here is where silence is not acceptable. Here is where we have to speak the words of God and the truths of God about Jesus. And for so many of us, whether it is cultural or not, for so many of us our witness so often is nothing more than silent. And yes, our lives lived to the glory of God will bear witness. But we need to be speakers of the truth of the words of Jesus so that along with the spirit of God we will see the kingdom of God flourishing and Jesus wanted to encourage them in this way because he is saying at the beginning of chapter 16 I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away that's the danger I hear Jesus talking about the seed on rocky ground and it grew up so quickly and looked so promising. But by then when, when persecutions came, it fell away and it vanished. And what the message of Jesus is saying, it is saying two things. It is saying that if we are the witnesses of God, that uh, what we face in confrontation, in persecution, as they would face here, when we face that kind of opposition, it is the potential for increasing our trust in God and for discovering the faithfulness of God and for going from strength to strength. It's the opportunity to be better. To grow up and to be strengthened in the service of God and of Christ in the world. It's the opportunity for that. But it is also, it has the potential also to be the very means of separating the good seed from the bad seed. Of proving who is genuine and who is not. Of establishing who the children of God truly are. And this same John, in the first letter of John, where people had fallen away. And John is saying with regard to them, they went out from us because they were not of us. And at the end of the day, as John says, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us in continuing the work of God. And that's the, the falling away that we are so much in danger of of falling into because we don't give obedience to the call of Christ to be be his witnesses. And so the encouragement tonight comes in the midst of, of the great work that Christ wants them to do and wants us to do. reminder of how we are to contribute to the ongoing work, the work that he has initiated in his time in the world. And to remember that we will have the Holy Spirit as our helper in doing so. And they will remember in verse number 4, when the hour comes you may remember that I told them to you. And we have already seen in verse 25 of chapter 14, that the Spirit, the Helper, will bring to their remembrance everything that Jesus has said. They are equipped. They are fully prepared by God to carry out the sins. And may God help us to think of the marvellous procession and to rejoice in, in the work of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to take to heart that we are here to proclaim the name of Jesus following the work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit and co-workers with that same Holy Spirit and encouraged because the Helper who is the Holy Spirit of truth is dwelling in our hearts and will give us the words in every kind of situation to be faithful witnesses of our Lord and of our Saviour Jesus Christ. May God bless his word to us and may grant that so it would be for us all as the children of God. May God bless his word. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we bow before you and we seek to humble ourselves in the knowledge of who you are and what you are doing and what you have done and what you now require us to do. Help us, O Lord God to be alive. Help us to live for you and help us, O Lord of God, to serve you and to be faithful to you and give us to know your word that we may have your word in our minds and in our hearts. Uh, So in every kind of situation that we may be enabled by the help of your Holy Spirit to speak your words and to speak your truth. And so... Uh, be witnesses for you wherever you send us in your daily lives. Bless your word as we pray and hear our prayer and accept us. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.